here we go. Welcome to the Nine Rap Fantasy Football Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome into the Nine Route Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your co-host, Pat McCarthy, along with my longtime friend and fantasy football cohort, Scott Rudy Rudolph. Rudy, how do you feel about doing this fantasy football podcast? I think this is the time of year when you know you see a lot of prognostication and people are looking to make it a point to put out their top tens and their do's and don'ts and, and whatnot. And and we've been doing this for a long time. So we feel like this is the time when we need to get out there and pretty much uh, push you in the direction of the concept of a nine route is to go deep on a player or a team or a concept that will help you win your league uh, week to week, let alone year to year. So what we're looking at today is, is obviously the beginning of, of, where your fantasy football season starts, which is, which is your draft. And, uh, this, this episode is going to be, you know, basically just some, some tips, some, some strategies that you can use to, um, sort of make the draft a good starting point for you. Obviously we know that the draft does not, you know, you don't walk away from the draft winning or losing your league. And there's a lot of, uh, a lot of in between there, but, uh, we do know that the draft is where you build that foundation for your team and, and, you know, where you can kind of pick up the pieces that you need to make up some trades and kind of set that path towards uh, towards fantasy championship, you know? And then that's, I think that's what everybody is uh, is wanting to do here. Nobody nobody plays fantasy football hoping to lose. So No, no, unless you like wearing a pink dress in a Waffle House. Uh, <laughs> you want to make sure <laughs> by standing on the side of the road with a chicken suit, you know, whatever. Yeah, you, you don't want to be that guy or gal, um, you know, and that's the thing. It's making sure that at the end of the day, you have fun. You know, some leagues play for theoretically profit and IRS not to be known on that. But at that part out. Yes. Uh, <laughs> who? What? Uh, but at the end of the day, that you, you beat the people you know. You know whether it's people at work, your best friends, just random. Uh, if you just want to get into it because you think that you are, um, hey, this is the thing to do, and everybody plays it. You know, and and we're here for all of you, for the seasoned veterans of 10, 20 years, for the people that or just jumping on the train for a few minutes, we are going to make sure that we give you the information that you need. Pat, you obviously have been doing this for a very long time. Yeah. So, so just a little bit about, about us and, and I guess our history, Rudy and I have been friends for most of our lives, 30 plus years, uh, not aging ourselves, uh, in public, no. but 30, 30 plus years, we'll say we've been friends and, uh, we've probably been playing fantasy football together uh, 15, 20 of those years. You know, we were, we were, I was just actually telling uh, Rudy before we started that I remember playing fantasy football when you still had to check the newspaper to actually calculate your own points. And, and this was back in the day when it was like, I remember the first league I was in, it was, it was a one point per 10 yards. And if you had 19 yards, you got one point, you didn't get (laughs) 1.9. Now everything, I mean, some leagues I've been in there, they're breaking points down to, 
two decimal places now. So it's, it's fantasy football has definitely evolved, you know, and there's, there's obviously a lot of nuance to the game now that, that maybe wasn't there before. Obviously the, the coverage that fantasy football gets nationwide is, is a big part of that. Like I said, we've been doing this for, for a very, very long time, doing it together for a long time. So we basically just wanted to record our fantasy football conversations and share them with y'all and, and hope that like Rudy said it, hope that it helps you to have a little bit more fun. We all know that being competitive and winning is a lot more fun than, than losing. So everybody gets into fantasy football for different reasons. Some people are super serious about it. Some people just do it for fun, but either way, like I said, winning is, is more fun than losing. So any little bit that you get that helps you to win makes the game a little bit more fun. And we hope that we can give you some of that here on the podcast. I concur. I, I feel like, again, you know, whether it's somebody who's never played before and there's a generation of us that have been playing for so long, like you said, like for, for 10, 15, maybe 20 years plus, And, you know, you can go back to the early mid eighties for MLB rotisserie leagues, let alone NFL fantasy. And to see, you know, where, our friendships have come along to get us into a league with friends and family and you play together and you bust balls together and you do what you have to do. You know, we play ourselves in a keeper league um, amongst others. And that's one portion of it. You know, every year is, is a fresh year with kids coming in out of college and veterans who have passed their prime and everything in between. And you have to be able to, read between the lines and understand where teams are, where players are, where things are going. If there's a random rule change, whatever in the NFL, something that's going to benefit you. And some people are in five, maybe 10 leagues. If you're able to focus your efforts on winning week to week at the same time, yes, you you still want to have fun. And, And part of it is you know, the making trades or the draft, again, in and of itself. The draft is, for those that have been playing this, it's almost like a Christmas. It's a lot of fun. You get together, it's a holiday. You enjoy it almost like a Super Bowl. You know, you maybe have a cookout or a barbecue. It's it's mid to late summer, early fall, maybe the day before the NFL season starts, which now is on Thursdays, which, which has pumped things up even different. Again, for those of us that have watched Thursday night football come across, like that pushes your lineup that much further along where you need to stay on top of things. But again, you know, whether you're drafting for your first team ever or this is, uh, you know, 20 plus years into drafting, we are going to look to put you in a position to make the right choices. And then from week to week, adjust, be willing to get rid of people, don't fall in love with people make the moves that need it to win your league uh, week to week or, or, or again, whatever the case may be. But at the same time, make it a point to have a good time. It's funny that you talk about the draft because I feel like people who, you know, there's a lot of, you're in a lot of leagues and you mentioned, you know, guys are, guys are, there's some guys out there that play in even more than 10 leagues. And it, it is what it is. If if you're that into it and you can't get enough fantasy football, then then that's great. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's kind of the way we are. But um, I, I think that for me anyway, live drafts are, uh, like you said, sort of what fantasy football is about. Like I'll be in a league that has an online draft, you know, if, if that's 
you know, what it takes to get everybody together at the same time and, and, and actually do one. But I prefer live drafts. I, I prefer being in the same room, you know, talking football, talking trades, just, just being with, you know, especially the group that, that we have in, in our league that we play together in. They're all yes. close friends and family. It's just a good time. Like we, we, like you said, we do it up. We have a barbecue, we have a, you know, a little party and, and, and then we draft later on that night. And it just, it's kind of become, uh, sort of Most like a draft before I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, this year you'll be all right. This year you'll yes. be all right. But yeah, in the past, uh, you know, you you could have shown up uh, an hour too late and still been okay. Yeah, for for those in the keeper leagues, you know, uh, if you're trading based on draft picks, which is year to year, and you're staying in there depending on your league rules, I have been that guy that is uh, don't draft picks to win. You know, in, in Philly they call it the process, and uh, the I have process. been, you know, <laughs> call me Velveeta on processed cheese because I have a shirt on right now that has me down as a three-time champ and uh two of those three years uh were back to back and one of those years i did have a pick before the seventh round and still won my league by making trades sold my soul to the devil did what i had to do but at the end of the day it made it happen it it is what it is it's your strategy at the end of the day we're just trying to push you in the right direction and that's proof and that's proof that you're strategy is comes into play throughout the season there, there's no uh there's no magic system or 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 you know anything like that that's that's going to win you a fantasy football league uh it's just a matter of going out there and paying attention and and trying to make trades and trying to start the right people every week and you that that year that you won the league with uh no no draft picks in the first six rounds that was uh one of the most impressive feats i've I've seen in fantasy football. So yes, you, you can clap for yourself. I thought that was everybody listening, but uh, appreciate it. Appreciate <laughs> All three it. people. Yes. That's, that's, what, that's what, that's what a, a golf clap sounds like from yes, three people. Very much. So. All right. So what do you say? You, uh, you want to, you want to dive into <clears throat> this, this draft strategies episode. So, so the first sort of, I guess, tip or strategy that we, we kind of want to give you is you should go into the draft with a plan. Obviously, most of the time that you're going into a, a fantasy football draft, you know where you're going to be, or at least you have an idea of where you are going to be drafting that year. Now, there are some leagues where you literally, it, it gets randomized and you don't find out until two minutes before the draft kicks off. But if you prepare yourself now and start mock drafting, for example, from each position, it gives you a leg up on the people in your league that are not doing that because you kind of have an idea. If I get the first pick, I know who I want. You know, if I get the 12th pick, what is my strategy going to be? And 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 I guess the the big part of the tip is have a plan going in, but keep your plan flexible. And what I mean by that is, and I'll just give you an example of of sort of my plan for this year. And and this is, you know, this may put me at a disadvantage to any of our league mates that that happen to listen to this. Who I have no idea who. <laughs> <laughs> but the strategy for for me for this year and this is just looking at the players like i said i've i've already done i, I can't even count probably 150 mock drafts trying out different strategies and and different you know combinations and and i feel like for this year for me what i feel works best is try my hardest to get one of those top tier running backs um which 
in in the later episodes if if you keep listening we'll talk to you a little bit about uh who those guys are if you if you don't know already but i try to get myself a nice a good stud running back in the first round if possible after that to me this year the the running back pool sort of really gets murky after about 14, 13 or 14 with Cam Akers going down, probably about 13 or so running backs that I like. And then after that, I'm just not really confident or sure in a lot of those guys. So for what I've been doing this year uh, in the mock drafts that I like are going with that running back first and then sort of loading up on wide receivers and tight ends later on. But again, if the draft, you know, if let's say I get the 11th pick, maybe one of those stud running backs isn't necessarily the right way to go. So so have a plan, but be flexible in your plan. Be able to to kind of shift and say, hey, you know, this is what I kind of wanted to do. But now that I see that, let's say you're the, like I said, the 11th or 12th pick in, in your league and 10 or 11, you know, running backs have gone off the board before it gets to you, taking a running back there maybe isn't the smartest move because, you're you're getting the the tenth or eleventh or twelfth best running back when you could be drafting the best wide receiver in the league. You just have to be flexible. Is 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 basically the point there? I mean, that's absolutely the concept. It's for those that go in with a plan. You can't be too rigid. It will break. You have to be bamboo. You have to be willing to be a little more fluid to know that maybe you lost a shot on a guy that you had your heart set on versus taking the best player available. And I mean, it happens in the true NFL during drafts where they draft based on need, uh, even though it's not the best player available and they pass on this guy, that guy, and that guy turns out to be an all pro, an all timer, a hall of famer, but they didn't need an offensive lineman there. They didn't need a tight end there. They skipped it because they needed something. You need to stay fluid. You need to be willing to adapt and don't get ticked off if the guy you kind of had your heart set on, but you're willing to wait and you, you gambled a little bit and that guy doesn't come around. Be willing to go to the next best guy. At the same time, if you do have your heart set on somebody, go with it. Just take that player and, and be willing to take your gut instinct and hope it works. That actually kind of leads into to one of our later points. It is your team. If you feel like you know, you you want somebody specific, or in your case, you don't want somebody specific. Then then just because your cheat sheet or whatever says that this is the next best player available, it's your team. You know what I mean? It's 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 your you are the one that's going to have to live with uh, you know rooting for uh, a player on a team that you hate or not necessarily like I said, you know, not getting a running back in the first round and and then all of a sudden pivoting to a completely different strategy. But like I said, that's, that's your call. And that's, and that's part of, you know, what makes fantasy football great is, uh, you know, you make these, these decisions and, and you kind of, well, I don't say you have to live with them because you can always trade players away, but you got to live with them until <laughs> your season starts anyway. For true, the most part. true. I mean, again, everything you said is true. And it's, it's one of those things where it's your team. Granted, if you're taking players because you're worried about, you know, when they have a bye week, if you're drafting based on your cheat sheet, and they'll always put that little side note of, oh, by the way, they're off in this round. They're, they're out in week three. They're out in week seven. They're out in week 10. It's up to you if you want to adjust accordingly during your draft. 
to think about one week that you'll be without Alvin Kamara, to think about one week you'll be without Devontae Adams. While your draft is the most important part of your fantasy football team, uh, the waiver wire is borderline 1.2, uh, 1.1, however you want to look at it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that, uh, and I've seen and heard other owners not want to take a player specifically because they've already got three other players with the same bye week. Statistically, it does not, it doesn't change anything no. when players are on the same team. In my personal opinion on bye weeks is I would rather have most of my guys on a bye in one week because then I'm, you know what? I take a loss that week, but I'm pretty much at full strength for the rest of the season. So it's it's not the end of the world to have, you know, three or four guys with a, with the same bye week. So, uh, you know, a lot of players don't want to do that. They they want to <laughs> sort of spread those bye weeks out. And I get that. I get the I get the strategy behind it. I get the logic behind it. But it oh, that's that's the analytics nowadays. It's, you know, sweating a bye week to give up on a stub player when it's a matter of ripping a bandaid off for a week. And then you're okay. I'm good. You know what? And and maybe I lost that week because I lost that player. But at the end of the day, I'm going to win my season because those other 16 weeks, my guy is that guy, right? You pick the best player. And if the bye week is the same, the bye week's the same because let's be honest. I mean, Guys get hurt. It's an unfortunate part of the game, but it happens. You're going to make trades. You may end up trading someone before they even get to their bye week. So it really doesn't it really doesn't affect you in the long run to to draft someone the beginning of the year and just assume that by week ten or or whenever their bye is that they're still going to be on your roster. It's probably I'm going to say it's probably not going to happen. But it's you're you're worrying about tomorrow's problems today, and and you really can't do that in fantasy yeah. football. Like you said, it's a week to week game. You have to concentrate on winning every single week, and when the bye weeks come, you figure that stuff out at the time. Yeah, you're 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 forced into doing it because you want to win, and you have those people that are, you know, Kate Winslet from uh, Titanic, who you know never let go, Jack. Like. You drafted that guy, great. But if he is fading, he didn't turn out the offense, the injuries that affected him. Uh, suddenly, that guy is not your guy anymore. You do have to cut bait. You do have to let him go. And when you do that, yeah, it, it kind of stinks because you think, oh, well, I thought he was going to be. But you, you can't make it as personal as you want it to be, where you, you thought deep down, you went in with your game plan, you thought that this guy was going to be your guy. Like, you know, last year I had as a keeper, I had Christian McCaffrey, who at the end of the day, I would have still not won the league. But because he went out, I had no shot after that. Well, I wasn't mad at him, but there was also by the time I realized that he wasn't coming back, there was really nobody I could pick up. I had his handcuff who stepped in and did admirable work, but there was not much I could do other than yeah, I think just I deal actually, with it. I think I actually had his... My, wait, no, well, you did, you did pick Davis. up... Yeah, you did so pick up Mike had, Davis. I was You're right. all over some Mike Davis, trust yeah. me, who is now an Atlanta Falcon. In theory, I think he is their uh, starting running back. Yeah, so yeah I think... There's a, there's a team that went just 
180 except for the quarterback. Yeah. That's that's a that's a guy I think we're going to be talking about here in an upcoming uh in an upcoming episode, I'm sure. So oh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of uh, underrated overrated. Perhaps. Yeah, well, there's a there's a lot of well there's a lot of uh speculation you know in the fantasy football community about about Mike Davis this year. So uh something that that I think you and I will uh will definitely dive into at some point. But uh, one of the other things that I wanted to bring up, and it kind of goes a little hand in hand with the bye weeks, is your IR spot. You really want to make sure that you're paying attention. Um, I, I play in a, quite a few leagues. Some of my leagues have multiple IR spots. Um, again, for, for those who are listening for the first time, IR is your injured reserve. So if somebody gets hurt and the team places them on the in their IR, usually the uh, the fantasy football websites are, are quick to follow suit and place them in an IR status, which yes. means that they can be moved into your IR spot, your your injured reserve spot, and make room for you can make room for another player that you want to pick up to to you know either substitute for that player or just somebody that you want to grab off the waiver wire. But it, those IR spots are basically free spots on your. Roster and and I'll give yeah. you an example of something that I did last year. Not not in our league, but in a different league that I was in. Dak Prescott went down. And, yes, he did. Yeah, he went and, down hard, and you knew he was done. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, that was a uh, was a pretty gruesome uh, looking injury. And he, he wasn't like he's ready for camp too. The Cowboys actually uh, were at camp today. I was watching NFL Network, and they were all cameras on Dak. That's that's you know. Oh sure. Drop back three step, five step, seven step. Where's he at? <laughs> yeah, how's he pivot? You know, just focused on the leg. Yep, yeah. yep. But uh, so I picked him up in a, in a league, in a, another keeper league that I'm in, and he's going to end up being my keeper this year because honestly, my roster was not great in that league. But that's the reason that I picked up Prescott because I figured I can throw him in my IR spot and keep him there for the entire season and then keep him this year. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I mean, again, getting back to kind of leading in with with McCaffrey, where knowing our league rules that have a percentage of play based, where you can keep a keeper and things of that nature using an IR slot. You know, if if I had no shot to keep them, yeah, I would have just dumped them and been on with it. But being able to keep them, hoping he came back, he came back for a game and then was right back out again. So I. I, I won by losing again, looking at like keeping somebody like Prescott who puts up the stats and gets you numbers as a top five quarterback. Your hope is he's going to be that guy this year. When it comes to those slots at the same time, for those that have them in their league and knowing your league rules, if your team is say middling, or even if you're a top tier team, you know, know your rules. You can always throw a guy in there. Let's say uh, a random big name player who went down with a basic injury at the beginning of the season. And, you know, he'll be back next season. We know he'll be healthy. He'll be good to go. And he's always been a producer. If you want to throw him into an IR slot, he's on your roster and he's there going into the next year if you do a keeper league and it buys you that spot. And then you get into the next year and you turn around and well, suddenly all the, the media hype is saying that this guy is going to be healthy again. Um, we had a player that kind of started that whole pivot in our league that was Rob Gronkowski. When he went down back in the day, he went out for the year. 
people knew, well, he's a tough guy. He'll be back. Now he's on your IR and he's a keeper. And, you know, what do you do with him? Well, you're able to spin him into the next season and keep him as if nothing happened. He's like a monopoly get out of jail free card. So it sometimes that does work out in your favor. It's a matter of your strategy, though, because you do maybe want to keep a slot open in case somebody on your regular roster falls. But again, maybe picking up a big name guy who went out for a year and taking a shot at him for the next year. Yeah, IR slots are awesome because you have a shot to carry that over to the next season if you're in a keeper dynasty league. Yeah, absolutely. And those those IR spots are they they can be gold. I mean, especially like you said, in, in those yeah. multi-year leagues that you're in, you know, pay attention to those IR spots and and who can can go in them because not necessarily every injured player can go on IR. And most, you know, if, if you're using a fantasy football website, which I'm assuming 99.9% of people out there that are playing fantasy are using, you know, an automated website, they'll auto, they'll automatically let you know like you know whether a player is eligible for your IR spot or not, or at least they'll they'll give you a big old you know smack in the face when when you try to put somebody in there who isn't eligible. So and you do get sometimes uh, what is it? I think sometimes you get the players on the suspended or um, right you know, the commissioner's list. So you know you can take a crapshoot. I mean I, I think probably everybody can, everybody who had an IR slot and I know Pat you were involved at times was a, a Josh Gordon um, who was involved in being exempt or suspended mm-hmm. or on the commissioner's list mm-hmm. or just on the naughty list from Santa, but you kept them on like an IR slot. So, so wait, he again, didn't get any, he didn't get any Christmas presents. Um, no. Well, he got back in the league and he got a contract. So yes, his present came uh, a little bit in arrear when it comes to, IR spots and and different things like that. You want to make sure that you're in theory, saving them for top people at top positions. I like to take, if I take one of those positions early, like you were saying earlier about the running backs and the wide receivers sort of being the, the, you know, the, the meat and cheese of your sandwich. um, I kind of see the, uh, the quarterbacks and the tight ends is sort of being like the, like the roll on that sandwich or, or the bread, you know. You don't for like me, avocado on toast? I mean, come on. We're, we're trying to appeal to that crowd too, man. <laughs> you are not an avocado on toast guy. Not Please even to, close, oh, but I, I love say. those people. They grow my people. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I can imagine what it'd be like. It'd be great. Avocado's <laughs> great. Toast is great. Just not a fan. Just not together. But I still love you. Well, like I said, it's just, so it's the same as 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 my theory on drafting quarterbacks and tight ends, which uh, is basically I'm okay with taking one early. And honestly, yeah. this year because of the depth at quarterback, uh, yeah. tight end tight end is sort of the for me at least again in the mock drafts that I've been doing, the teams that I have liked the best, I have gotten one of those big three tight ends, either Kelsey Kittle or Waller. Um, within the first couple rounds, and I don't mind taking taking one of those those guys early. As far as quarterback, the common train of thought as far as drafting quarterbacks is in the fantasy football community is the weight on your quarterback, basically, which I sort of agree with, only because there's really not a huge difference. If you look at statistics over the years, your quarterback, there's let's say you play in a 12 team league, 
if you have the number one quarterback in the league, the difference between that guy and the 12th best quarterback in the league may only be six or seven points a game. So if you waste your draft capital on say Pat Mahomes, if, if he's your, if he's your number one quarterback, if you waste your draft capital in the third round on a guy like Mahomes, you're by the time you get to where I like to draft quarterback, which is usually around seven or eight or even later sometimes. Writing this you, down. <laughs> if, you, if you look at the running backs and wide receivers that are available later in those rounds, there's a huge drop-off between a guy like, say, A.J. Brown, who you know I've seen going as late as you know the third round in some drafts. If I pass on A.J. Brown to take Mahomes or, you know, Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray or whoever you think is the number one quarterback. The point differential that you're missing out on from, say, QB, even if you guessed right and picked the QB one on the year, the the point differential between QB one and, say, QB 12 may only be, like I said, five or six points per game. The difference between that wide receiver, you know, let's let's. Assume oh, AJ Brown. Yeah, oh, it's oh no! Well, I'm, but it's not even wide out one and twelve. It's between wide out. Again, let's let's just let's just use AJ Brown as an example. I think I have him ranked. Uh, I want to say like eighth or ninth um, amongst wide receivers this year. Don't quote me on that. Even with Julio. Yes, even with Julio, which I had him higher before Julio. By the way, before that Julio uh, trade no. went down. But good call. Yeah. But let's call him whatever. Let's call him wide receiver ten. By the time you get to the seventh or eighth round, you're looking at wide receiver 40, maybe 50 at that point. Oh, yeah. And you're not good. The difference between what AJ Brown gives you on a weekly basis and what, you know, Scotty Miller gives you on a weekly basis is a lot more than five or six points per week, which is why I like to wait on QB because I feel like. I'm willing to give up those few points by taking a QB a little bit later. And you never know. Yeah. I mean, look at last year. I mean, Aaron Rodgers finished as the, I think he finished as the QB four, the QB five in most leagues. And mm-hmm. he wasn't, he, a lot of people were down on Rodgers last year. He was going as like the 10th or 11th quarterback off of the board. Yep. And he won the MVP. I'm a tight end guy all day. Um, not just because of you strike me as a any reason. Um, it, it's really, you know, I, I rode a, a Zach Ertz train as a keeper um, because they're probably pound for pound. They're the most scarce of any position, period, because they are, you know, you look at them, you say, uh, you know, in, in theory, it's a generic wide receiver. Yes, but this guy's got to make the catches, get the touchdowns. And and again, I had Zach Ertz who had no yards after catch. He's no yak Zach. But he was that guy who got me 115, 120 catch, set the NFL record for catches in a season and got touchdowns. And he was a guy who was light years ahead of people for a two to three year span, uh, let alone when you have Kelsey doing what he's doing around him. And you have Kittle now and you have and you have uh, a Darren Waller, who was another guy who you know, following some info, you're like, oh my God, this guy's amazing. And you see what he does and you get to one through five in tight end. 
and the drop off from five to 10 is a cliff massive. Yes. And you don't even, you know, you can make up the difference in running backs. You can, and wide receivers, you can, you can have an, depending on a flex concept, you can have an RB two and three that are sustainable enough. You can have two and three wide receiver or a stud one, but a tight end to me, it sounds almost ridiculous, but that's a position where in a week to week game, if I'm playing you, Pat, I know that our running backs and our wide receivers cancel out, but my tight ends money and yours is mud. I know I probably got you beat, but my tight end to me is, is one of my pound for pound. It's been my most important position period since I've been playing this game, because it's a position that everybody ignores and there's not a lot of big guys out there and there's, it's been getting better. It's been getting stronger. Tight ends have been, been more involved athletically and pass catching. But to me, it's that position where if you value that position and you take it at the right spot, you're going to beat them that week. Yeah. I, yeah. I think tight end is, um, and like I said earlier, the reason that I do go for those top three tight end options early is because of like, that's like you said, that cliff, you want those guys who are not going to be dependent on touchdowns to score you points. You guys who, you know, are getting eight, nine targets a game, as opposed to, you know, those tight ends are getting four or five targets a game and, Mm -hmm. and need, you know, a big play or, or need to score in order to, to get points for your fantasy team. So I, I agree. I think the tight ends are definitely the, uh, I mean, I, I think for me personally, and, and again, anyone listening to this that happens to be in a league with me this year, I'm going to I'm going to take a tight end. I'm just telling you right now, I'm going to take a tight end early. It's going to be one of the big three. And if I don't get well, one of the big older, three, so yeah. <laughs> if I don't get one of the big three, I'm I'm out. I'm I'm out on yeah. tight end until I, I'm not listen. Nah, don't give up on it. I'm telling you. Well, no, look, I'm talking about just looking at my rankings and looking at, at at least for me personally, the confidence that I have in that next tier of tight end. Mm -hmm. I just don't see them on my roster, on my fantasy roster, because I, it's for me, if I can't get one of those top few guys, I'm just going to basically punt that position and, and try to stream a tight end for the for the season or or try to grab somebody late that I think has potential to to break out. That's basically the way I'm looking at the tight end position this year is top three guys or wait until basically, you know, I can I can snag a, you know, maybe a a somebody like a a, a Tyler Higby late or I really like <laughs> uh I really like Johnu Smith this year. So, you know, I I don't... God bless you. (laughs) I thought you sneezed. Yeah. (laughs) You're right. I mean, you you should wait in a sense, but, and I know you're going to talk in in a second about doing the math where you want to make sure that, again, you don't maybe completely abandon the position because at the same time, you know, down the road, you might get into round like seven, eight, nine, and you're debating on a pick. You do want to take somebody that's out there that is a borderline guy. But again, it's a position where, you know, if you've done some research and you look at the offense behind it, like you just said, a Tyler Higby, who is now on the Rams, and he's that guy, and he's going to have a 
in my opinion, light years better quarterback at Matthew Stafford instead of Jared Goff with that offense to play with those toys with Sean McVay, who makes his guys produce. I mean, again, one of my guys who's going to probably be a keeper for me now is Robert Woods, especially with the Cam Akers injury, because you know he's going three wide and using his tight end on that level. That's a guy who may have been borderline for you. Again, a Higby, who now you're looking at, well, we had three touchdowns against the, the Eagles last year. And, you know, he he's that guy. Is he going to be able to sustain that? Maybe no, but he's going to win you a couple weeks. Absolutely. And as long as he's getting you points in the 8 to 10 range and occasionally breaching 16 to 18, yeah, he's going to win you a lot of weeks. Right. Um, and the fact as, that you took him late, that's yeah. a bonus because you're not you're not banking on – like you said, those those sixteen to eighteen point weeks or or what what have you, you you know that you missed your shot on a top yeah. tier tight end, and you know, like I said, you you take a shot on a guy like Higby. And for uh, my personal, it used to be a streaming position. Yeah. It is. It's. I mean, it's still. I shouldn't say it is. It can be, and it's mm-hmm. still. If you if you don't value it, yes. If, well, if you're if you are in the know enough to. And you pay enough attention to matchups, and you know, I, two, I think it was two years ago. You basically just you could just stream whatever tight end was playing the Arizona Cardinals, and uh, you were yes, guaranteed fifteen yes. points. You know what I mean? Yeah, so no if, linebackers. They they were out and cut, and they just they smoked everybody in coverage. Now you're right. So it's one of those things where you know, again, it, it, the more you pay attention, obviously the the better you're going to do, but. Yeah, tight end is definitely a position that I want to get my hands on somebody early. If I don't, sometimes I'll I'll pick up a uh, sometimes I'll pick up a, a quarterback early in in those spots, but I generally don't really like to do that as as often. So when we're talking, you know, draft strategies, uh, one of the things that you can do uh, that I like to do, and I know that a lot of people, um, it, it almost sort of comes naturally, is uh, kind of doing the math on. Uh, you know how many picks you have in between this pick and your next pick and uh, players that uh, could possibly be available uh, that you may want now uh, that you may be able to wait on so most players are taken near where they're ranked so you know let's say you're you're halfway through your draft and you're drafting in you know let's say the 10 spot in you know a, a 12 team league well you know that when you're coming towards your your pick uh, in those even I'm sorry in those odd number numbered rounds, uh, you're going to get the tenth pick. But okay. then on the way back in those snake drafts, you're going to get the third pick because you know team eleven, twelve, and then twelve and eleven pick again, and then you. Well, in those instances, you really got to look at your your opponents, look at those teams that are going to be drafting those two players in between your pick now and your next pick and, and looking at what they have. Do they have, uh, you know, most, most players, this isn't always the case, but most players will only take one quarterback and one tight end, at least within the first 10 or so rounds of the draft. So if you're, let's say you're between a quarterback and a running back and you have both teams that are picking after you team 11 and team 12, have already both taken their quarterback, you know that you can probably wait on that quarterback, take your running back now, 
let the team 11 and 12 pick and then come back and your quarterback most likely would still be there and available to you because those, you know, like I said, those teams aren't going to pick, you know, a second quarterback in most cases, you know, with, with those picks. Yeah. It's, it's basically just team needs. You look at your team needs, you look at other teams, team needs, and you sort of take your best guess at maybe not necessarily who exactly those other teams are going to pick, but you kind of have an idea when you see a team who, uh, you know, again, in that same instance, if you see a team who's got, you know, you're in round 10 and they've only got, you know, say two running backs so far, you know, Mm. that they're probably looking running back. So if you have your eye on a running back in particular, and he is sort of the consensus next best running back available, you might want to grab that guy now before, you know, the guy behind you. Yeah. Yeah. Grab him and and if you miss out on that other guy, when the run starts, you're going to be like, oh, crap, right. You're in the you're in the middle of it. and You have no shot. Right. You want to be the first person for that run or or just sort of be the last basically bypass it. Sort of like what we talked about with tight ends. Like if I don't get one of those top three, I don't necessarily really care about tight end four, five, six, seven, even tight end eight in most instances. But that's but again, that's me doing the math long term not necessarily just doing the math like I'm, like I'm talking about here which is which is more in the in the short term and that oh, kind yeah. of rolls into our next our next tip which is knowing your league mates not only do you have to sort of figure out what their team needs are but there's a lot of for example I know you I know that if I draft near you if I'm looking at choosing between say Zeke and and Jonathan Taylor well, I know I can leave Zeke on the board if you're coming up to pick after me because there's no way in hell that you're taking him. So, you know, knowing uh, your that is helps. affirmative on the negative. <laughs> I refuse. Uh, we're all uh, local Delaware County, Delaware area, Valley area people. Uh, we are Eagles fans and unapologetic Eagles fans, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. No. No, uh, and we won our Super Bowl, and we are happy. We get to sit at the table with all the big kids. (laughs) We might have to wait for our supper, but we get it nonetheless. At the same time, I refuse, as an Eagles fan, to pick anybody that is a division opponent. So as stupid as it sounds, and it can be rather stupid, um, but thank God our whole division stinks. I, I don't sit as bad as most would. Yes. No, I I mean, here's the thing. You're 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 uh yeah, like you said, you're you're not missing out on a huge player pool. Uh if, if you, That's yeah, it. yeah. But what are the other one of the other things that that you know when it comes to to knowing your league, and this is a tip that this is me short of sort of showing my cards here, but you tell please the, the guys, the guys in my league know that if they don't have a, a cheat sheet or a magazine, if they show up to the draft, you know, I, I don't know how we've but been naked doing yes. this. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah, know. How I'm just this. here at a party and I don't care. And I'll take whoever's on the board and I'll borrow your cheat sheets. And yo dog, can I get a copy of that? Right. You mean those guys? Yes. Yes. Those guys, you know, yeah. we won't name those guys, but we know who they we are. Love at drafts. <laughs> <laughs> I always bring extra copies of some sort of standard consensus cheat sheets. And it's not, it's not to not help out the guys because I, you know, I am the commissioner of that league. Um, so I do my best to try to, 
you know, make sure that uh, everybody has what they need for, for a good experience. But it yeah. also gives me an advantage because now I can look at that cheat sheet and sort of know who these guys are looking at as far as who's next up on, you know, on their, in their rankings. Yeah. And then they I rank have my no players. rankings. Yeah. That right. that's like you say, that that's the part that, you know, for people that do their due diligence and make it a point to research things like previous year stats and, you know, uh, free agent signings, draft picks, defensive stats for and everything that's going to affect you. Yeah, you get the people that walk in there like, yep, you know, they don't care. Well, but you do want to have a level playing field, at least in theory, when you walk in. Right. And those guys, if they're not, listen, not everybody gives a crap as much as we do about about fantasy football. Not everybody takes the time to do a lot of research and rank their own players. But that that again, that can that can be an advantage if you if you have the time, if you listen to a podcast, you know, a day a week or two days a week, if it's something that you're interested in, these little nuggets of information that you pick up can help you make decisions on players. Now, if you if you listen to what we talk about, we're not going to steer you wrong. Like we know people are just starting out or people have been doing this for, again, 15, 20 years. But at the end of the day, we're not just giving you opinions based off of how we feel about players as much as we know that, you know, hey, look, I, I don't like this guy. I don't like Ezekiel Elliott at all i don't root for the dallas cowboys but i'll tell you he's a top three running back for this week based on his matchup the next tip is is uh sort of similar to the last one and the fact that it's also about knowing your your league scoring system and uh and the rules (laughs) i should say not just the scoring system but also the rules does does your league offer bonuses for certain things do they have yes uh you know again we're the league that that we are in together is a keeper league that yep. changes certain decisions that you may make throughout the season even going to the draft something that we had talked about before is how many years can you expect to get out of a player when you draft them because if you draft somebody with the hopes of of keeping them you're going to want some reasonable assurance that they're going to be good for the next two or three or five years or whatever your rules are in your league. So make sure that you're you're paying attention to the scoring system, the the rules sure. of the league, everything that can give you a leg up. I actually play in another league that's a two-point PPR league, which oh. completely changes. Yeah, it completely changes the value of some of the players in your league. Pay attention to those little edges that you can get by by knowing w- like what types of players will be able to score more points based off of the scoring settings that you have in your league. To know how the scoring goes on a bonus basis per week, on a total team basis maybe per week, you can be surprised at how well you do. You know, some teams, you just run one whole league. There's no division. That's what it's all about. But you have to know the rules. Every website that you base it off of puts it at the bottom. It's liner notes. You can look at it. It's instructions. Read it. Exploit it. Because you can find a guy 
that could help you in a better way than you ever thought based on the fact that this guy doesn't put up killer stats, but he is a bang for the buck. You know, he can get you a 60 yard touchdown every four games type of guy. Like, right. Okay, have him on your roster. All in all, it's about having fun. I mean, this that's why we play fantasy football, being competitive and, and at least having an opportunity to win is always more fun than losing, but it's not, the you know it's fantasy football it's not the end of the world if you want to like you said if you like a certain team or you dislike certain teams pick your players based off of your opinions based off of your feelings and listen to the information that's that's out there and read it and consume it but all in all remember that this is your team and if you if you get to a point where you know you're deciding between a couple of players go go with the guy that you that that your gut is telling you with the guy that you like and if you're in it to to play seriously and you and you know you really winning is the only option for you then uh you know then pick that way you're the the boss you're the gm of your own team so you you go about it the way you want to go about it and let the like you said let the chips sort of fall where they may at that point you know yeah i mean you know i i tease you sometimes because you're locked in on a guy, uh, John Brown, you know, different <laughs> players. Um, at the same time, you have a feeling for them and they turn out to be a contributor to what you're putting together. But again, if you fall in love with a player based on the fact that that's my team, that's my team's player. And that's going to do it for this week for the Fantasy Football Podcast from the Nine Route. On behalf of Pat, my name is Scott. Thank you for listening, folks. We'll talk to you next week. 